So would you turn with me uh, to the scriptures, please? I better tell you where, so let's put it on the screen. That will help, won't it? Ooh. Let's see if this works. No. No. Oh, it doesn't matter. You got a nice screen there. I'll look it on my notes here. Technology is wonderful, isn't it? Praise God. Bear with me. Turn with me to John chapter 10, please. John chapter 10. Any guesses which verse I'm going to go to? Any guesses? Come on, somebody be a bright spark. Tell me in John chapter 10 which verse I think I may go to. Come on, Karen. I know it's on the tip of your tongue, isn't it? Any ideas? No? Oh, you got it right. Verse 10. John? John 10, verse 10. We're going there. There we go. John 10, verse 10. The thief does not come except to steal and kill and destroy. But I have come that you may have life, that you may have it more abundantly. So we have an enemy who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. The only reason he approaches is to steal, kill, and destroy. And the only reason God is in your life or if you allow him to be in your life, is so he can give you his life. And I believe that that's what grace is all about, that God stooped down and became a little baby in the form of Jesus, lived 30 years, died an awful death after three years of ministry, rose again, and the whole point is to show you that God's smile was on you right from day one. It was, he was never against you. He was never doing some Machiavellian work behind the scenes to mess up your life. Everything in your life that doesn't work out in God's agenda is not because of him. It's because we have an enemy and we live in this world system. And God wants to, us to imbibe his methods, his way, his process in order for us to have life and have it more abundantly. And we're all on that journey, but it really takes a humility to decide that I'm going to live that way. Turn with me to Proverbs chapter 29. Proverbs chapter 29. Proverbs is in the Old Testament. It's right after Psalms. And if you read one proverb and five psalms a day, you can do it in 30 days, can't you? So you can actually read the whole book of psalms and the whole book of proverbs in 30 days. And it's so full of the wisdom of God. Even if you don't understand everything, it's going into your spirit. So I just want to share on this verse now. Whether It says in verse 20, uh, chapter 29, verse 18, where there is no vision... The people perish. 
Is that what it says in your Bible? Where there is no vision, the people perish. Another way of translating that is, where there is no perception of the divine, the people perish, or the people cast off restraint, or the people are uncovered. Or literally, the people are naked. So where you don't have a perception of of, of God as he really is, it uncovers you in life. It it enables you to cast off restraint. You know, when you think of restraint, you think of something negative. But God's, God's restraint, God's boundaries for us, the Bible says, fall in pleasant places. There's certain things that God doesn't want us to do and certain things he does want us to do because he knows what things that he he doesn't want us to do are going to be harmful to us. So he's the boundaries of God as a father to us, as a mother to us, they fall in pleasant places. And beyond those boundaries, it's not very pleasant, believe me. So, and we've all experienced that, haven't we? We've all gone outside of and transgressed. That's what transgression means, to step over God's boundary. We've all done those things. But where there is no perception of God, the people perish. So how do we get a perception of God? How do we, how do we start to see God? And how do we start to experience God in a real way? Because it's not about what you see with your physical eyes or what you hear with your ears. This is a higher level of discernment that you have because you're a, a human being created in the image of God. You have the ability to fellowship with God in the way he wants you to fellowship with him. You have the ability to be a friend of God. You have the ability to hear from God. Each one of you has the ability to hear from God. Do you believe that? Anybody say amen tonight? Anybody say yes, I I agree with that. But you do have the ability to hear from God. I have the ability to hear from God. Let's go on and look at another scripture in this. This is from the Good News Bible. Now, the Good News Bible is is like a, a little simple translation of the scripture. It's a lovely Bible. My mother got saved and baptized in the Spirit just reading the Good News Bible over 30 years ago, 40 years ago. I won't say how old she is. She won't be happy with that. But um, <clears throat> basically, she, um, she, she just came to the Lord through reading this, this translation of the Bible. It's a beautiful translation. And uh, it says this in Romans 12, verse 1 and 2. This is a verse that some of you may be familiar with. So then, my friends, because of God's great mercy... To us. This is Romans 12, 1 and 2. If you want to look it up, it will be slightly different because of this translation. So then, my friends, because of God's great mercy to us, I appeal to you, offer yourselves as a living sacrifice to God, dedicated to his service and pleasing to him. This is true worship that you should offer. Do not conform yourselves to the standards of this world, but let God transform you inwardly by a complete change of mind. Then you will be able to know the will of God, what is the good and is and pleasing will to him. <clears throat> so the crux of this verse is, allow God to transform you inwardly by a complete change of your mind. Let me say that again. Allow God to transform you inwardly by a complete change of your mind. That sounds like brainwashing to me. Well, the issue is, everything in this world system brainwashes you. And you're more alert to it. I picked up um, a magazine which they produce every year, the Economist produces every year, called The World In, 2017, 16. You know, it's predictions of what's happening in the year. And I read some of that. I read it every year. It's a bit, I know it's a bit geeky, but there you go. I enjoy reading it. But I was reading it, and my perception of it, 
I was reading it with the Holy Spirit, and he said, well, that's just liberal agenda. That's just this, that's just that. And he, he was speaking me and schooling me in what I was reading as I was reading this magazine. Because everything has a bias and everything has an agenda. Everything wants to brainwash you into a certain pattern of thinking. So God, who is love, wants us to renew our mind. It says in this translation, let God. Other translations, that New, New Living Translation says, allow God. God is not going to, God is not, the church is not some cult that brainwashes people and to try and get out, the, you know, disassociate themselves and do all. That's not the church. But you, there's got to be a willingness on our part to allow God to transform us by changing the way we think. In Proverbs it says, as a man thinks within himself, this is Proverbs 23, 7, as a man thinks within himself, so he is, or what he experiences that from which he thinks. I remember sharing a, a really awful story with you, a guy that I was working with in, in, in the Midlands and working with his family, and um, <clears throat> when his children, two daughters were younger, uh, when he was disciplining them, he used to say, if you don't stop being like that, you're going to end up in a council house in Woodend as a single mum, blah, 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 all this negative stuff he used to say over his girls. And as he came into some of the renewing the mind, and he came to, along to the church, and he came to renew the mind, he recognized his mistake in prophesying into his daughters because both of them started living in that lifestyle as they grew up. Because the words we say affect our heart. The words we say to other people affect our heart. One thing that really troubled me after this morning, morning statement that I had to make was by 1 p.m., certain people who left this church way before I came to pastor it were writing negative things about the person I made the statement of at 1 p.m. That means within half an hour, some people in the congregation had already been on the phone, texting away, teletexting, tinternet, all that gossip about what was said in the morning. If, if that is the way we are, don't expect God to move. Don't expect God to move because he's looking to change the way we think. He's looking for actually us to cover our brothers and sisters, not uncover them. See, where there's no vision, people uncover. Where there's no vision, people cast off restraint. And it's, you know, the Bible talks about gossip being a tasty morsel. But it goes into the heart and it causes problems in people's lives. And we are called to renew our mind according to the word of God. So it says here, let God transform us by changing the way we think. Let's just get a bit practical with that. How do we allow God to transform us by changing the way we think? And the word transformation there is transfiguration. That means an entirely complete, utter change and transformation. So how do we allow God to do that? Simple, okay? I said it this morning, I'm repeating myself, but you know we need to hear this again and again and again. In the New Testament, there are four words that not just describe an aspect of God, but describe exactly who God is. And it says very clearly four things that God is. It says in John chapter 1 that God is the word or the divine expression. These scriptures are a divine expression of God's thought. Okay, so God is the word. It says in 1 John 4, 16, God is love. Okay, so God is the word, God is love. It also says, Jesus also said in the Gospel of John, God is spirit, or God is the Holy Spirit. 
okay? So God is the Holy Spirit. Are you with me so far? And in 1 John chapter 1, I think it's verse 5, it says that God is light. In him, there's no darkness at all. God is light. So God is light. He's, he's spirit. He's word. What's the other one? Love. All right? So we can take that scripture that we've looked at, and it says, let God transform you by changing the way we think. And we can put those words in there. So let love transform you by changing the way you think. Am I thinking, a word, am I thinking about fear? Or am I thinking love? What's love's perspective in this situation I'm dealing with? We need to ask ourselves those questions all the time. Where am I coming from in that statement? Where am I coming from in the way I'm thinking on that situation? Is it fear-based or is it love-based? Come on, this is important. Are you with me on this? Because, because I believe God doesn't want us to live our life as a wreck. I believe he wants to completely change us. You know, no, no father or mother wants their children to live their... A good father or a good mother wants their children to live their life a wreck. In fact, they want them to live greater than they lived. Isn't that what Jesus said as a fa- his father's heart towards us in John 14? He says, greater things will you do. It's an amazing statement, isn't it? Greater things will you do because I go to the Father. He's making the point that as a, as a father, he wants his kids to go beyond him. You and I are kids of Father God. And when we are a wreck and when we're messed up and when we're fearful, it doesn't delight our father. But he's not standing there with a big stick saying, you need to change, you need to change. He's saying, allow me in. I'll help you change. I'll be the change you require if you allow, if you let love transform you by changing the way you think. Love is not an attraction. It's not lust. It's not an emotion. Love is God and God is love. There is no love that any human being can give to anybody else that didn't originate in God. God is love. God is not sex. God is love. There's a massive difference. God is love. So God, love, let love transform you. In fact, the word love, really, when it says God is love, it says God is agape in the Greek. It means God will sacrifice himself for you because he loves you. It means it's a self-sacrificial love. And I really believe we need more of that in the church. We need more of, I need more of that in my life. That kind of love that prefers people above themselves. Don't we need that? Doesn't the world need that? You know that old song, what the world needs now is love, sweet love, you know? But it's true. It's not, you know, people who placard a certain lifestyle and say, you know, I want to I live this way, this is love. No, no, no. No lifestyle decision is love. God is love. Amen? God is love. So God's love wants to come in and transform you. The next thing it says is, is God is spirit. So the Holy Spirit wants to actually know you and befriend you. And he wants to speak into your heart on a daily basis. The Holy Spirit wants to come in and change and heal on the inside the stuff that's held you back. He wants to take all the trauma out of your life, all the splinters out of your heart. He wants to remove them. And so he wants you to be whole on the inside. He wants you to, he wants to, like a divine artist, paint a picture on the canvas of your heart of your true identity. 
Not the way you feel you are or what you see in the mirror or what people say about you. He wants to paint in your heart the inner image, the hope that you have. He wants to paint in your heart what God says about you. He wants you to believe that. You know, there's so much anger in this world. There's so many people that are very frustrated and fearful and and down and depressed. And sometimes that's because of of the stuff that's affected them, the trauma, the, the pain, the hurt that's in life. You know, we were never created for pain and trauma. We were never created for rejection. We were never created for abuse. We were created by God who is love to be loved and to give love to others. That's how we were created. But because of the fall, because Adam decided that he wanted to go his own way and move aside from love and do, live a self-centered life, we, thousands of years later, are in the mess we're in in this world. But God is turning it around, and it's going to be Europe's time soon. All over the world, people are experiencing God's love in powerful ways, and it's going to happen in Europe. It's going to happen in the UK in a powerful way. I really believe that. But I believe we are the first, the first fruits, the forerunners, if we can receive God's love. So how do I receive God's love? God, I need your love here. I need to experience your love in my life. I want to know your love. Ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. That's a promise of Jesus. But there's got to be a desire for it. Do you understand? So that's love. And then the Holy Spirit wants to come in. And it says about the Holy Spirit in John 16. That he wants to take of everything that belongs to Jesus. And make it known to you. You know Jesus suffered some real opposition in life. He suffered some real persecution. Some real challenge. But he always overcame because he knew who he was. And he knew who his father was. And I believe that God is looking for those that desire to overcome because greater is he, the Holy Spirit that's in us, than he who's in this world. The Holy Spirit wants to open our lives and our minds and our hearts up to a completely new realm of existence and focus and perception beyond just this material realm. If we can see into the invisible, we can start to do the impossible. Is this going over your head or is it going in your heart tonight? If we can see into the invisible, we can do the impossible. God wants that for us more and more. So he wants us to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. So how do you get a relationship with the Holy Spirit? Ask. Ask. Jesus says, he who hungers and thirsts for righteousness will be filled. That's another promise. So we ask, Holy Spirit, I want to know you. I want to know you. I'm going to speak to you. I'm going to practice your presence until I hear you. I'm going to speak to you like I speak to close friends, wife, husband, whatever. I'm going to speak to you like that because I'm going to practice your presence. And I don't care if people think I'm mad because living a life as a wreck, that's madness when God has called us to glory. Amen? So you've got the Holy Spirit to transform you. You've got the love of God to transform you. God who is love. You've got the uh, light of God. What does that mean? Well, God wants to come into your life with his light and again show you, not your shame and your pain, but to actually give you a revelation of who you are. To give you a revelation. To put the light on, the true you. I shared this morning that my wife had a vision this week and in the vision she she was approaching the throne of God and she just saw the light of God and she just experienced God in a fresh way and just 
just really just felt the illumination of God, the light of God all around her. And then as she approached God, it's almost like she went past him. And, um, and then she saw a light ahead of her. And she asked Jesus, what's that light? And he said, it's you. You're the same as me. You're light as well. You're the same substance. And so often we have such a negative view of ourselves. And really, it, it actually brings pain to God's heart when we say negative stuff about ourselves. And you know what? You can guarantee that if you say negative stuff about you, it won't be much long before you're saying about somebody else. Hurting people hurt. And I really believe that God wants to just shine his light on us. Not to, you know, when we think of that, you know, God shines his light on you to expose the darkness. No, well, you know, darkness just flees from his presence. He doesn't expose the darkness. God is light. In him there's no darkness at all. When God shows up, darkness can't stay. Darkness isn't the issue. It's you seeing yourself as light. That's the issue. That's the transformation in the mind that needs to take place. And lastly, God is the word. I really believe there's been an unholy conspiracy in the church for too long to make this book irrelevant or to make it, well, I read my Bible, so I'm all right. You know, if you take one verse, take the verse that I've just quoted right at the start of this message, John 10, 10. I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. It's only the thief that steals and kills and destroys you. If you take that verse and just meditate on that in moments when you may be, you know, having a bit of downtime, speak that over yourself. I'm not accepting this in my life because God has called me to have life and life abundantly. If we start to do that, I believe your life will change. Because the word literally is the power of God into salvation to those who believe. The Bible says that the only reason you have been born again or born from above is because of the incorruptible seed of the word of God. This word is powerful. And it's time to allow this scripture to come into your heart. I was speaking to somebody this week, and they said, you know, I'm really struggling with a lot of things emotionally, and and, and they were just talking to me. And, you know, I think in counseling sometimes it's just good to, to listen to people and let them talk, and eventually sometimes they'll find their own answer to their own problem, you know, instead of saying, well, you do this, do that, do that. You know, because otherwise that makes me a guru. I'm not a guru, okay? Oh, I'm not a guru, all right? <clears throat> but in terms of counseling, I think it's important to listen to people. So I was just listening. I was praying in tongues in my spirit as I was listening. And then the, the person said, you know, I've not, I've not read the Bible very honestly, which I appreciate honesty. I've not, I've, not been in the, I've not been in the scriptures like I used to be. I've not, you know, there used to be life to me. I used to find all the promises of God and start to confess them over myself. And even no matter what, what the life looked like in here, things were looking good. But I've stopped doing that. I need to pick that up again. And I said, well, that sounds a very good thing to do. It's been good to talk to you. Let me pray for you. They found the answer in the inside of them. So <clears throat> we have a choice whether to allow God to transform us by his word, by the scriptures, by the Holy Spirit. And everything you're facing right now, there's an answer to it in the word of God. There's an answer to it in the Holy Spirit. There's an answer to it in the love of God. And there's an answer to it in the light of God. Would you stand with me, please? Just close your eyes in his presence.
Father, I thank you that you know every single person in this room. You know you've numbered every single hair on their head, or lack of them. You've numbered them all, Father. And I thank you that you care for each person. And Father, I ask that they would right now make a decision afresh, no matter how spiritual they think they are, they would make a decision afresh to open the door of their heart to you and allow you in to bring transformation. To bring transformation inwardly in order to see transformation outwardly. Father, I pray that that would be the desire of every person. Father, you know you know every heart. You know us and see us when we're on our own and nobody else is around and you see us sometimes upset, maybe crying in a corner in a fetal position because we just want comfort. When nobody else is around, you know what we're like and you love us. You know all the mistakes we've made and you still love us. You know all the things that we're ashamed of to tell anybody else and you still love us and you want us to be transformed. And Father, I pray in Jesus' name that nothing will hold anyone back from your love tonight in Jesus' name. And they would experience your love afresh. Before you go tonight, if you just want to receive more of the Holy Spirit, you want to receive more of the love of God, you want to actually be able to understand and perceive the Scripture, you want to let the light of God transform you by giving you a fresh image of who you are. If you want to find out who you were before the world began, if you want to enjoy your Father, your God, if you want to be in, encounter Him, I just want you to come forward and we're just going to stand with you and pray with you, just minister to you so that you will encounter Him afresh. And this week, you'll be able to make a decision to allow God to transform you.